You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Success Line. It's Rory Vaden. Excited to introduce to you my friend Dawn. Uh, Dawn is someone who I think is in a situation that is pretty familiar for a lot of people these days. She's transitioning or trying to transition sort of from one career to the next, from what I gather. Um, it seems also like she may be in the middle of a transition from more of like, um, you know, kind of a corporate type of a, a role to more of an entrepreneurial type of one. And, uh, she is in her thirties. Uh, although she doesn't, uh, you know, we don't know her exact age. We never asked for that information. Uh, but just to give you a sense of, uh, of where she's at in her career. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, she, uh, we've known Dawn for a while. She is a client at brand builders group at our other company. So we've got a little bit of a shared vernacular, although Dawn isn't one of like my personal coaching clients. So she's familiar with some of our, our frameworks and things. And uh, anyways, Dawn, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on the success line. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Yeah. So give us, you know, just give us a rundown of like a little bit about who you are and what you've been doing and like um, your background and and then we'll, and then we'll get more into like uh, your, yeah, your, your question for the success line. Sure. Um, I'm a wife and a mom of four, and I've been in real estate going on four years now. Um, I was in a a regular nine to five prior to that. And really just in the last year started trying to make the transition from real estate to more entrepreneurship with wanting to launch a coaching business. I self-published a book in January and I, um, you know, I've done some, some speaking engagements and definitely want to move in the authoring speaking space more and the coaching space. So yeah, I'm just kind of in that phase of wanting to transition. Um, my, you know, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, which isn't totally relevant to any of that. Um, oh, but well, yeah, that but is for tra- more, more, that's probably closer than most people's degree is. I mean, at least that that translates that translates pretty well, I think. Okay, yeah, I just so I'm just trying to make that transition, and so I've I've had a you know done a few different um, had a few different types of jobs, but really wanting to you know make this transition to you know, more entrepreneurship, monetizing YouTube, just monetize, having different streams of income in that way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of that personal brand, like kind of like that classic personal brand conversation. So, so give us a, give us, so catch us up. So that's awesome. Um, mama four, that's amazing. Um, the, uh, that, that always inspires me when you're, you're momming at that level and also entrepreneuring and also, you know, having another job outside of the home all at the same time. That's a, you're, you're keeping up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I just, you know, do my best. I'm, I'm sure I always like to say perfectly imperfect, but you know, how old are your kids? <laughs> Uh, so I have a 20 year old, a 15, 13 and 11. So two boys and two girls, boy, girl, boy, girl, wow. boy, girl. I love it. All right. So, so you said you started about a year ago trying to make this transition. So you were in corporate, then you went to real estate, which is interesting. Cause that's like a step towards the you know, real mm-hmm. estate. I often think of as like intrapreneurial. Cause it's like, you're really paid for results and you're setting your own schedule, but you're kind of like under a, mm-hmm. you know, a general brand. And now you're looking at also stepping even another step more towards the entrepreneurial, but that's only been like a year or so. Yeah, I started with Brand Builders. It was April of last year. Okay. Um, so one of the biggest things that we've noticed 
um, always with personal brands, right? Is we, we know that you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So if there's a, if there's a shortcut to the conversation for turning a personal brand into a scalable business, uh, of course, you know, we take people through the brand DNA helix and you've been through most of our phase one, you know, we've got four phases. You've been through a lot of the phase one stuff, but if there's a shortcut into phase one, it's, it's going, who were you, right? Like the, the, the person that's most likely to buy from you is the person that you once were because you're able to understand their challenges to articulate their challenges and to help them resolve their challenges better than anyone else because you've you have actually been there and done that. So, you know, one of the one of the initial questions I would have for anybody is who who are you serving and what what do you know to be true about them based on who you once were? So who I'm serving is um, a female base, a woman who has struggled to find her purpose. So somebody who wants to launch a business, but they're struggling with, is this even the right thing I'm supposed to be doing? She's filled with fear, um, fear of failure, feels like she doesn't have the time or the money to even invest in herself and in building a brand. Um, somebody who has a desire to launch a business and serve people on a deeper level, but um, is just afraid of going for it. And then, and really just afraid of the, am I even in the right lane? Because this is, is this even my purpose? Uh huh. And what, how does that relate to who you've been and what you've overcome yourself? I would say that's exactly me. Um, most of my life has been a struggle of really figuring out what my purpose is. And, um, you know, I really only back in 2017 was the first time I invested in coaching myself. And it was such a transformational process for me. So seeing how valuable it was, I just had a heart to dive into that as well and, and do what I could to offer somebody the same, you know, lifeline that I was given when I was coached. So, um, as it relates to who I once was, I mean, that's exactly me. I struggled with my purpose. I struggled with, um, taking that, uh, chance and in investing in myself and then struggled to let go of the fear of failure of whether or not it was going to work out. And so part of what my one sentence message is, is let go of the outcome. Mm, and, yeah. In terms of your message, your message to her is let go of the outcome. Yeah. Uh, and then what, if she, what is she focusing on if it's not the outcome? She's focusing on the growth and the experience that she's going to gain along the way and knowing, trusting that um, regardless of whether it works out the way she wants it to, she's going to learn enough along the way that it's going to be worth the risk of whether or not it fails or not in the end of launching the business that she wants to launch. Uh-huh. And, and is, is uh, so in terms of who, it seems like you're pretty clear. This is like a, this is a woman who's struggling to find her purpose. She's struggling with fear of failure. She's struggling with feeling like she doesn't have enough time to, to do this. Those, so those things are pretty clear in terms of, um, the business model, right? So one of the, one of the things about personal brands is that they're, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to monetize. What are you clear on or not clear on as it relates to how you want to, you know, when we say monetize, I think of that as, you know, turn a bunch of a pile of followers or a bunch of strangers into a pile of money, right? There's, there's only really five vehicles to do that. At least there's five that five that we teach that are five core ones. Are you, do you feel pretty clear on what that is? Um, I mean, I know you've got, you've got real estate happening here, which I think is great. Uh, you know, you're going, okay, that's what's paying the bills for me right now. It's not where I want to be long-term. So you're, you're kind of, you know, it's a, it's an intentional stepping stone for you, um, which I think is, is fine. But in terms of the long-term, like uh, on the entrepreneur side, do you know what kind of business model you want to have? Um, I would say yes and no uh, in the sense of I know I want to do coaching, but I know one-on-one coaching isn't scalable. And I ultimately want to have something that's scalable. I'd like to monetize a YouTube channel. I'd like to have brand ambassadorships, do some brand affiliate marketing, but I, authoring and speaking just kind of in that realm of, of serving. But I still kind of maybe am struggling to figure out what is my long-term game with it. I know coaching is what I'm leaning into now, but I know in the end it's not scalable. So 
I, my answer is kind of yes and no on that. Okay. Yeah. So that, that feels like a good place to dive in a little bit more, I think is go, okay, if we, if we can, if we can get clear on that, cause, cause here's what I would say is a lot of times people get frustrated that they're not, let's say they're not monetizing a personal brand. And typically it is the result of one of two things, often both. One is they haven't been doing it very long. Uh, you definitely fall into that category. You are brand, you're still brand new, even though, you know, you've spent some time, you spent some time with us. So, you know, we're hopefully accelerating you down that path, but it's just yeah. like, there's just no replacement for time. Um, so make sure you are keeping that in mind and giving yourself grace. But the other thing that is very common and it, it definitely sounds like this is you, which is also very natural for somebody who is as new to this as you are, is that when you have diluted focus, you get diluted results and people hear about personal branding, right? And they see personal brands, whoever, you know, they see Jay Shetty, Rachel Hall is, you know, Tony Robbins, pick, pick your person. And they go, oh, they've got video courses and live events and coaching programs and memberships. And so they're like, I want to have, or then you hear like, oh, multiple streams of revenue. Um, to me, multiple streams of revenue is crappy advice. You do not need multiple streams of revenue, especially when you're first starting. That's really bad advice. What you need is one stream of revenue that actually works. You need one thing that actually makes you money. Um, once you, and most of the people who got are ultra wealthy, very, very few ultra wealthy people got there by having multiple streams of revenue. Almost all of them became wealthy through having one stream of revenue that worked really well. And then they diversified, they diversified that pile into a number of different things. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not just talking to you specifically, Don, but to everyone who's listening, who is an early stage entrepreneur to go, beware of the false lure or temptation of multiple streams of revenue. What we really want to do is focus. Focus is power. Sunlight focused through a magnifying glass can catch a piece of paper on fire. Water streamlined enough can cut through steel. Focus is what creates results, not dilution, not multiple streams. And early on, that's a, it's a, it's a common mistake. It's a mistake that I've made, you know, several times in my career and we, we see it a lot. Um, so, you know, I'm saying that generally, um, to everybody, you know, you do not want multiple streams of revenue. That's advanced advice for later, um, in the, in your, in the career. The other thing that I would say just as kind of, I guess, backdrop for this conversation you know, people say that one-on-one -on -one coaching doesn't scale. Um, that's not actually true. Uh, we built and sold an eight-figure one-on-one -one coaching company. And then we did one-on-one -on -one coaching. How did we do that? It's that one-on-one -on -one coaching can scale very much. It's just not you doing the coaching, right? So if you, you, you bring on coaches and you certify coaches and, and there's a number of ways to do this, right? Success magazine uh, is launching a, is a coaching program. And so there's a lot of people, you know, like brand builders group, as an example is one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's actually our business model today. We're already a, a multi-million dollar enterprise a couple years in, and that's because we've got our coaches, right? And we're teaching a methodology and they're taking people through, um, so to the extent that you can create a methodology that people can follow, one-on-one -on -one coaching very much can scale. Um, the, uh, and, and then there's other ways to do, of course, group coaching, live coaching, where it does, it does scale. But um, I do like coaching as an early business model. You said you have one client already. Tell me, tell me about that client. How did you, you said you found them on Clubhouse. How much are they paying? Yeah, like tell us a little more. How did you find them? What did you say to them? How did you like sign them up? And, and you know, what are you covering with them? Um, tell us about that a little bit. Okay, yeah, I found this coaching client through Clubhouse. I wasn't even seeking a client on Clubhouse, but I had an opportunity in a room to introduce myself and talk about what I did for like 45 seconds. And so she reached out to me, DM'd me on Instagram, and I got right back with her. I got her on a 30-minute discovery call and basically talked about, you know, what I would do, how I would help her, and let her know it was going to be 500 a month for three months. 
And, you know, she said she got off the call with me and messaged me back within a few days, said she had interviewed a few different people, but felt like I was the one that understood where she wanted to go the most. So she agreed to coach with me. Um, so she's been my one and only paying client. I've done a lot of free coaching, free business coaching for friends, family that know I'm getting into this. Uh, but she's been my first and only paying client up to this point for coaching. And so I basically, you know, we're seven or eight sessions in and my initial coaching sessions with her, we're walking her through the things I've learned through Brand Builder, which is helping her to identify her one problem that she solves in one word and the one sentence message and took her through the 15 P's. And then really it kind of went into some freestyle coaching from there where she was launching her own group coaching program, which she's launched since we've started and just kind of walking her through that. Now she's planning retreats. So I'm kind of coaching with her more um, freestyle through that. I don't know if freestyle is the right word, but not where there's necessarily a structure, but just dealing with the things that come up and hoping, helping her coach through that. Okay. All right. So, uh, so I love that. So a couple things going on here. So one, when you look at coaching, um, you know, let me just rattle off the paids as both a refresher for you and, you know, for everyone listening who hasn't heard them. So this is a brand builder group thing we teach. There's only five ways to monetize a personal brand. We call them the paids, P-A-I-D-S. It's an acronym. The P stands, so these are all vehicles that would turn a pile of followers into a pile of cash. So the P is products. You could sell a physical product. You mentioned that you published a book last year. A self-published book is an example of a physical product, t-shirts, calendars, um, you know, like a lot of, a lot of people have those. The A is ads and affiliates. Ads and affiliates is that you don't sell your, your audience anything. You sell advertisers access to your audience. Um, the I is information products, which would be like courses, membership si sites, certifications, um, assessments, like information-based product. The D is deals, brand, which are deals, TV deals, movie deals, brand deals, book deals, sponsorship deals. Deals typically come later in a person's personal brand journey or career because it's a third-party person paying you a set fee regardless and independent of how that art uh, to, to create art independent of how that art performs. Like you get a book advance and you get that money whether the book sells or not. Um, and then S is services, which is time for money exchanges, coaching, speaking, consulting, training. And coaching is a great one. So I like... I like this thought for you because services are, you know, to what you said earlier, they are the least scalable long-term uh, at mass. Now you can scale coaching in a couple different ways. You, you can scale keynote speaking by increasing your fee, but you only have so many dates a year that you could, you could physically sell. So um, I like your business model selection of coaching. Also, when, whenever you choose a business model, like, I think there's, there's two sides of it to get super clear on. One is how do I get clients? And two is what do I deliver to those clients? What you just described of how you got your client is exactly what we teach and, and encourage and promote. We don't teach clubhouse just like we don't teach Facebook or LinkedIn. What we teach is go out in as many places as possible and speak for free Teach what you know, tell people what you do, provide value, don't sell, teach. When you teach, make the call to action to request a free call. It's very easy to transition from teaching to free call. It's very difficult. It requires much more skill and aptitude and credibility and a bunch of other things, technology, et cetera, to go from teaching to making a full offer, but, uh, which is where you're asking for the credit card. But to do a soft offer is exactly what you did. So in your mind, I would separate it from going, oh, it, it worked on Clubhouse. And I would think of that as, no, it worked by me getting in front of people, which is exactly, you could use Clubhouse, you could use a Facebook Live, you could do an Instagram Live, you could do a podcast, you could go on TV. There's any of those things is just getting you out there, um, increasing your reach, teaching. And then what you did that worked really, really well is the intermediate step of, you know, send me a DM, shoot me an email. You know, if you have a, a, a page, you can drive them to a page, but DMs work as good as anything. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. You DM back and forth, request a free call. You do a free call and then you sign them up. 
So this is another big lesson I want to highlight both for you, Don, and for everybody. Go where you are experiencing momentum. Do more of what you're doing. So how many times, you know, since it was Clubhouse, it's like, whether it's Clubhouse or something else, that is the model for coaching. It is to go, and people think, I don't like to sell. Don't think of it as selling. Think of it as teaching. Think of it as presenting and offering free calls. And then when you do the free call, then it's a little bit more of, you know, we have a whole separate pressure-free persuasion course that's more of that. Um, but you already stumbled through that on your own and you got your first your first client. So this is another thing. When people think that they're failing, a lot of times it's not that they're failing, it's that they're not doing enough of what's working. So how much time are you spending on Clubhouse or in front of audiences uh, doing live presentations? I just ask you that question directly. Um, so IGTV, uh, I haven't been live as, you know, in the very beginning, I wasn't going live. I was putting up content that I had hoped would, would be converting. So the lives most recently have probably been within the last three weeks where I've been consistent with lives. I mean, I did lives here and there over the last few months, but more consistently within the last three weeks. Are you doing a live with somebody else or just yourself? Just myself. Okay, so one thing to know about lives, right, is when you go live, the, the, the predominant group of people that are going to be there are going to be people who already know about you, right? So if you want to, uh, if you want to get new business, you got to be in front of new people. So the, the great thing about social is like, what you need to do is go live with somebody else. Right. So you want to find someone else in the space that you can go live with or you do a collab where you interview them for part of the time. They interview you for part of the time. You know, of course, you know, our clients in Brand Builders Group or in the Success Achievers community, you know, there's other people out there that you're networking with and you're cross pollinating. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not that going live is bad. It's not that IGTV is bad. Those things are good. But where you really see results is getting in front of new audiences, which typically is going to happen by doing a collab, you know, collaboration with somebody. It's the same as, you know, it's, it's what podcasting really was like five years ago. Come on my show. I'll come on your show. That still happens today, but there's so many big podcasts. It's harder and harder to get on the big shows, but, but going live is, is still easier. So, um, you know, it's kind of like when I first started speaking, I went out and I spoke for free at Toastmasters, Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis, Chamber of Commerce. You can still do that today. That still works. You can go speak at all these associations, whether it's virtual or in person, that still works. Um, then when we launched our first book, we did like, you know, a media push and we were trying to get on local TV shows and get covered by bloggers and Forbes. You could still do that. That still works. Then it was podcasters. Like my second book came out and it was let's get on many podcasts now today. And you, you'll see this if you, if you pay attention and watch the big book launches, the, like it's, it's happening from going live with each other and there's less friction and less and less resistance to getting in front of live audiences. But that's what you got to do. It can't just be going live on your stage all day and your stage is probably relatively small just because you're young and you're new and you're new at this. You got to get in front of other people's audiences. They don't have to be huge. They can be super small. For years, I spoke in front of four people in the back of a Perkins restaurant um, and you'll, you'll build up. But it's kind of like, you know, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I think modern day insanity is kind of like advertising to your same audience and somehow expecting to get new customers out of it. I mean, you'll get a few because of timing, but if you're not exposing yourself to new people, you're not going to get a lot of new customers. It, you're you're going to get more new customers by exposing yourself to a new group of people than by re-promoting to the same existing group of people. And it's just a switch to say, oh, I need more reach. I need new reach. And the mechanism, especially if you're comfortable going live, which, you know, here we are having a live conversation, is doing that very thing. That's in terms of getting the customers. Um, so I like that idea for you. You present really great on camera. You're super confident and all that. Um, so I think, I think that works really well. Now, in terms of your curriculum, uh, so you're doing that, you're driving people to free calls 
and, and services, as I said, they are the, they are the least scalable long-term, but they are the fastest path to cash short-term because you got to sell, you know, like this woman, you know, she's paying you 500 bucks a month for three months. It sounds like you guys are in month four. Is she on a month to month after that? Um, so she gets four calls with me for one hour, four, one hour calls with me a month. And so I think oh, we're like in the seventh call. Yeah. Uh, okay. So one thing to do there is just make sure, um, make sure your contracts are, are written to automatically go month to month after that. Right. So it's like, it's a three month commitment and then it automatically goes like month to month when you're, when you're first starting out. Um, now over time you'll get more and more confidence too to extend your contract to like six months. Um, and the one thing that I would also encourage doing on the delivery side of this is, um, is to potentially get certified in multiple different coaching curriculums. Right. So you mentioned brand builders group, right? So, you know, it's possible to get certified and then it's like, you are able to, to, to teach or, or to like John Maxwell as an example or success magazine, we're launching a, a certification at success. Um, you know, lots of people have them where you're then, you know, legally able to teach their content. And now you're building a repertoire of great content that will keep people with you longer. A lot of times, especially with coaching, a lot of times it's easier to keep your existing client longer than to find a new client. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, don't a lot of, and a lot of times we go, we're, we, you know, we have no clients. And so then we're in that mode that you are right now, which is, oh my gosh, I got to get new clients, but you got to remember a $500 a month is the same, whether it's a new person paying you or it's an existing person paying you. So don't neglect your current clients and go, how can I service my current clients longer and in a deeper way, um, there, uh, so, so anyways, if it's going, okay, I could keep her longer by offering her new curriculum, either stuff that you're developing on your own or content you're licensing by, be, you know, pay, probably paying some money, getting certified in some of these others, but then you've got like this whole, you know, suite of content you can offer. Um, but the, but the real gig here is never delivering, uh, one of my, one of my mentors, David Averin says, uh, he, we, we had a conversation on, on, uh, about, about speaking and he said, everybody wants to be a speaker, but they don't realize that doing the speaking gig is not the business. Getting the gig is the business. It's the same about coaching. Doing the coaching isn't really what the business is. Getting the coaching clients is what the business is. And that's what you have to fall in love with is, is a mechanism for just getting out there in front of more people. But like I'm telling you, it doesn't really matter whether it's TikTok or Clubhouse or Instagram or live webinars or podcasts or media. All that matters is that you're getting in front of new people. But I would say, just like on your business model strategy, where we say, go where you are experiencing momentum, mm -hmm. we would say the same in marketing. So if you got a client from Clubhouse, it, you know, it'd say, follow that, follow that breadcrumb. It usually leads to a good place and go, okay, great. How can I get in more rooms and how can I network? You, you, you know, what's really cool is you see the people who host the rooms and you go, well, let me find that person on Instagram. I'm going to DM them and say, hey, you know, build a relationship, comment on their post, share their content, yada, yada. So that when they have a room, they recognize you, you know, and you turn on your notification that when, when Rory goes live on clubhouse, then it alerts you, you hop on and I go, Oh, look, there's Dawn. Let me bring her in. You know, that is, it's the same offline relationship building and the same offline presenting that has been true for years. The medium adapts. We just got to get you in front of more people. Um, but I don't, you know, like I, 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 um, it seems like you've got a good business model selection here. And in, in terms of doing coaching, and your process worked, get you in front of an audience, do a DM, drive a free call, do a free call, sign the person up. And now they've, they've stuck with you for, you know, whatever you're in month, you're in month two, you're in late month two. Mm -hmm. Um, and then work on going, how can I service her longer either by developing my own content, getting certified in others, um, make sure you've got month to month built into your contracts. 
mm-hmm. as you get more clients and you get more confident, you probably extend the term of that contract to more like six months and then maybe eventually a year. The other thing is going, how can I service this client in a deeper way? Um, so this is called fractal marketing, fractal marketing. So fractal marketing is basically realizing that, uh, Gosh, I don't remember where I first heard this concept. I've heard a a few people talk about it, but it's kind of like if you have 10 clients that each pay a, 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 let's say a thousand dollars. Well, let's, let's say this. If you have a hundred clients that each pay you like a hundred dollars, if you take, say 10% of those clients will pay you 10 times as much. I guess the better way of, uh, to do this would be to say, say, let's start with a thousand just to illustrate the point. Okay. So it's 10% of the clients that you have will pay you 10 times as much. Um, so if you had a thousand clients, let's say buy a video course, then 10% of those, um, let's say you had a thousand at 500. Well, let's use a thousand just for even math. So you have a thousand clients who bought a thousand dollar video course. Fractal marketing is saying 10% of those clients, which would be a hundred would pay 10 times as much. So of your thousand clients, a hundred of those clients would actually be willing to pay $10,000 for like a coaching program. And then 10% of those clients would pay 10 times as much. So of that group of a hundred, 10 of those would actually pay you, uh, let's see, we said a thousand, 10,000 would pay you a hundred thousand, um, to just have like a high end exclusive mastermind and, and then 10% of those people, which would be one person might pay you a million dollars for like complete full, all act, all access to you. Now it'll take you time to build up to that, but that's something to keep in mind of going, okay, how could I service this one client in a deeper way? Mm-hmm. Give her more access to me in addition or in lieu of just grabbing more and more people at this kind of broader category. So you don't need to have, you know, people make the errant judgment that to build a successful personal brand, you know, I have to be Jay Shetty. I've got to have millions of followers. Not at all true. Uh, It helps. (laughs) Uh, It certainly helps, but it's going, how can I systematize the process of getting more clients like the one I got? And how can I service them in a deeper way or in this case, you know, a longer way. Mm -hmm. But in your case, I don't see that there's anything wrong with what you're doing. The biggest bottleneck for you is you have to get in front of more people. You have to let more people sample Dawn. They have to be able to experience you and know about you and learn from you. And then you give them the natural next step of the free call, you know, or, or DM just, Hey, shoot me a DM, then the free call, and then you sign them up and then they're a client and then you service them in a deeper way. And that's mm-hmm. the gradual relationship that you want to pull people to. And that that can be a very scalable, you know, especially if you look at the fractal marketing part of this, you could get to seven figures with a few hundred clients. Mm-hmm. No, that, I mean, that definitely does make sense. And um, I kind of had a, a side question uh, that relates to this, but I still kind of feel like I'm in the phase of really feeling out exactly where I know I want to be with that. And so there's a few different things. I've launched um, a series on YouTube uh, called Fearless Conversations. And I'm actually, when I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to interview a female business owner in my area. And my idea was to launch another YouTube series that where I interview business women about how they've overcome and how they found success in their business, how they've... uh, broken through and I have a series of questions that I'm asking them. And so it's still serving my audience in this in the sense of my the what I solve for my client is fear. And so what I want my audience to walk away when they listen to this series is um I've been filled with fear, but how can I now that I've listened to this person who's been a successful business owner and their backstory and how they've overcome, I, I hope my audience isn't inspired and equipped to launch their own business. So it's it it fit, fits in, but I know you said um, maybe multiple streams of income probably isn't the thought. What do you feel like, you know, for someone who is still feeling like I'm trying to really nail down where I feel like I'm in my, my sweet spot. I don't know if that's kind of a corny term, but trying to really figure out where I know I'm operating at my prime 
Um, and I know YouTube is, again, it's a long-term game. It takes a long time to build an audience and things like that. So I've tried, you know, to launch these different series. And this is a new one where I've, I'm contacting female business owners in my area to do these interviews. And then I'm putting them on YouTube. Of course, I'll put them on my social media channels too. At least if it relates to the problem that I solve and all of that, do you feel like that's, is that still diluted focus with YouTube stuff? No, 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 no. No, okay. uh, you know, diluted focus comes from too many business models, too many different ways of monetizing. Um, okay. You know, monetizing your YouTube channel, I would humbly suggest, you know, as best I can, that that is not your short term, your best short term monetization strategy. That takes a long, long time. And the way most of us would monetize a YouTube channel or monetize a podcast is going to be to use it to drive free calls to do coaching. What I'm telling you is the, the, your, the number one metric in your personal brand business right now is how many free calls am I generating? That's the only thing that matters. By the way, that's our number one metric at Brand Builders Group. It is the number one metric is how many calls we drive every single week. And we do a whole bunch of stuff, right? Like we've got a big team, we're pulling off different stuff, but it is, it's the only thing that matters. If we drive enough free calls, we know that a certain percentage of those people will come through. You know, some will be unqualified, some will be not interested, but a certain percent will buy. And if they buy, they're gonna stay and and da, da 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 so to me youtube isn't a monetization strategy it's a traffic source okay. um and and that to me is a delineation for you um, uh, youtube can be a monetization mechanism but it, it, the numbers have to be so massive it's going to take you a while to be there you can't right. pay your bills with youtube views when you're first starting i know people want to be a youtuber that's a fine goal to work towards just like being a new york times best-selling author but you also can't pay your bills trying to be a New York Times bestselling author. Most New York Times bestselling authors can't even pay their bills on just their royalties alone. So those over time become that. But the way to get your business off the ground is to go, what works now? What is the mm -hmm. fastest path to cash? What actually creates money in my pocket? How can I deliver real value to people? I love doing your YouTube because that's a traffic source. Facebook's a traffic source. Podcasting is a traffic source for most of us. You know, if you're Lewis Howes, podcasting is your primary business model. He's monetizing selling ads on his show. Um, but the, you know, so that's the difference between a traffic source and a business model. But I would say you can be too diluted with traffic sources as well. If you have... If you're, if you're saying, oh my gosh, I got to do Snapchat and Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and SEO and, and webs, you know, and, uh, like whatever TV and print, print media, you're going to also have diluted focus. So it's like pick a couple traffic sources that work well. If you're excited about YouTube, great. I love YouTube. I mean, you know how highly we think of YouTube. That is a huge long-term strategy to me, YouTube and podcasting are not social media because they get better over time. Social media gets worse over time. The, the, res, the algorithm shows it to less people. The older the content is, the worst, pre, uh, like the, the, the worst ranking it is, the fewer people who see it. Whereas Google-based things, which are, you know, basically blogs, blogs, podcasts, and YouTube, they get better over time. The older, it's like a fine wine. The older it is, the more value it has, so to speak. And um, so I, but I would think of it as a traffic source, but, but the way I would measure the effectiveness of my YouTube show is how many free calls come from my YouTube show. And I would track that. I mean, one day you'll have a tech team, you know, or you'll be using one of our implementation partners or something. But in the interim, all you do is you just give out a, a separate URL or a separate email address. You say, email me at, you know, Don YouTube at G whatever, like, mm -hmm. and that way you can at least track because you got to be able to track the traffic sources to know which ones are actually producing free calls. But I'm telling you, if you, if you focus on driving free calls, your coaching business will explode. And if you focus on getting yourself in front of more audiences, like in front of more new people, your free calls will explode. So YouTube is a great traffic source to build and cultivate your existing audience, which I like, but that doesn't replace going out and getting in front of other people's audiences. That is a mm -hmm. great traffic source to focus on for you 
but you also have to get in front of other people's audiences. Otherwise you'll grow super slow. When you know, the, the reputation formula is results times reach equals reputation results times reach equals reputation. If you take reach and you subdivide it, there's two types of reach, direct reach and indirect reach. You, building your own YouTube show is direct reach. What you did on clubhouse was indirect reach. You got in front of a new audience be, by way of getting building a relationship with somebody who invited you into their room. Indirect reach is how you grow faster, right? Mm -hmm. Direct reach is how you grow like longer term. Um, mm -hmm. And you need, you need both. But, you know, I don't think you're failing. I don't think you're struggling. I think you're, you're, you're too early, right? So it's kind of like, follow the, follow the formula, follow the, follow the brand builder journey, follow it for three years. And then if it's not working, come back and complain. Like you're just, you're, it just takes time. And then I think the other thing is we, you got to focus on getting you in front of more new people and not even selling, just teaching, sharing, promoting, and then offer a free call, which is super soft, you know, no one will be offended. Everybody loves it. And then you work your magic one-on-one. -on -one. And I think six, I think, I think, I think six months from now, Don, your business will be in a, at a whole new level. Mm. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Cause that just gave me some direction and, you know, I agree. I, I know that I'm new to this, but it's just the frustration of like, you know, I'm just ready to be there and I'm not, but I know at the same time I need to be patient and just continue to work the process and, and keep going at it. So I, I get that. I hear you. Yeah. And it's, it's, you're not wrong for feeling discouraged. Like it's, it's so frustrating. I mean, I did 304 presentations for free before I got my first true paid keynote. And, um, I felt that way. Here's a little secret. I feel that way now. Really? I, I still feel like I'm so far behind. Mm. Um, like, um, you know, you say really, and I go, isn't it obvious? Like I, I feel so far behind constantly. So I don't think that that feeling ever goes away. It's just one that you embrace. And because as you, you know, as your platform grows, as your profile raises, whatever term you want to use, you're always going to be in circles with people who are probably a step or two ahead of you. By the way, that's a good sign. That's how your indirect reach is growing. Then, and that's the other thing I would say, when you go out and try to get in front of audiences, don't reach out to Oprah. I mean, you can if you want, but that wouldn't be my advice. Oprah's not going to have you because you don't bring that much to the relationship. Mm -hmm. Reach out and develop relationships with people who are either one step ahead of you or one step behind you or at your same level. And then it's a rising tide raises all ships, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, oh, you know. And I like, that's the other thing about what you're doing with your YouTube show is I would strategically use some of those to interview people who are also like one step ahead of you, because when you feature them, some of those people will likely turn around and go, gosh, you know, you're really cool. I'd love to introduce you to my audience. And that's a super valuable reason to either to do some type of interview based uh, content or format. Um, but, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll always be in some ways discouraged and frustrated. I mean, you have, you're, you have four kids. I mean, <laughs> for goodness sakes, like it's, it's not easy, but if you follow the fundamentals, it's, it's mostly a matter of perseverance. Like it, it mostly is. And, you know, keep in mind, you know, I have a notable resume of things that I've racked up and I'm, I'm in my late thirties, but I started when I was 17. So even though I'm young in age time, I'm very old in stage time. It's been 20 years. It's been two decades. And, you know, I've also had my wife, AJ, you know, since I was 22, we've been business partners. So it's not just been me. It's been two of us, plus mm -hmm. all the teams and stuff we built. It just, it just takes time. But if, if, if you are dedicating your life to this and you know this is who you want to be, then just decide that no matter what, you'll stick with it for as long as you have to. And sooner or later, you know, you'll figure it out. And when you go out into the world with that confidence, you will succeed much faster, which is what's going to be the case for you, Don. I can feel it. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I, you know, I heard your interview with Angie Lee where she talked about it took her 10 years to even get where she's at. And that sounds like such a long number, but I totally agree. I, I just need to keep persevering and keep going at it. So I really appreciate your advice and your insight. It's really helpful.
Awesome. Well, we wish you the best, Miss Dawn, and uh, keep us informed of your progress. And uh, of course, you, if you haven't already, shoot me a, a DM on Insta and let's, uh, let's stay connected. Okay, will do. Thank you so much. I absolutely adored that conversation with Don because I think there's probably a good chance that you or a number of you listening are struggling with something very similar. And I, I think I just wanted to highlight a couple of the, of the key takeaways there to make sure that they sunk in with you. There are things that reflecting back on the conversation really stick with me personally. Um, and the first is if you're an entrepreneur or whether whether that means you're trying to build a personal brand like what she she is trying to do, which is obviously something I, I and our team uh, have a lot of experience doing, or you're going to start a business that's not related to your personality, I think this is still a very important insight is to realize you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So you ask yourself, what problem have I solved? What challenge have I overcome? What path have I walked down? That is going to be a, a shortcut, if you will, a key insight, a, a secret, you know, accelerating multiplier, uh, a tip, an advanced strategy mm, to you figuring out what we what we refer to as your uniqueness. So ask yourself the question, who who was I once or what problem have I solved? You know, that's going to help you a, a bunch. The second thing here is um, multiple streams of income is bad advice for beginners. You don't need multiple streams of income. You need one stream of income that works very, very well. I promise you, you would rather have one stream of income that works very, very well. Later on, it changes, right? But the, the I, people lose because they chase multiple streams of, of, of income. And when you have diluted focus, you get diluted results early on. Now, later on, you want to diversify and, and allow your money to work for you and all those things. But that's terrible advice for the mass majority of, of people who are much earlier in their career. You know, that's advice for millionaires and multimillionaires, not for people who are just starting out. Not, not great advice. So... When we talked through the paids, uh, which are the five different ways to monetize a personal brand, we know those really well because that's what we live and breathe all day at Brand Builders Group. And it's what AJ and I have lived our entire career in terms of being in the personal branding space. We're not encouraging you to do all five of those those revenue streams that we talked about, P-A-I-D-S. The, the paids are, the idea is to know what the five are and to choose one of them to focus on and do it really well. That came up in the conversation several times, you know, it, like in our case, it, it's one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's going, we're going to do this really, really well. So that means we're going to not focus as much on promoting live events. We're going to not focus as much on selling physical products, you know, not having a day planner, not having t-shirts, not having a physical product line. Um, here in the first three years of starting our company, we've also not published a new book. Why? Because we don't have enough resources to deal with that while we're focusing on the main thing, which for us is one-on-one -on -one coaching. So you got to do the same thing. It's it's what Greg McEwen would say, the disciplined pursuit of less. You have to, to pick one revenue stream that works and dominate it. And you know, ask yourself the question, where am I experiencing momentum naturally? What's the fastest path to cash? And follow that, follow the breadcrumbs there to, to figure out what we would, we would use the term primary business model. Um, figure out your one business model and go all in on making that work. Um, and then I think the, you know, probably the third big takeaway there is going most of the time when people are discouraged, it's because they either haven't done it long enough or they're just not getting in front of an of, of they're not getting in front of enough new people. And so many times when people are discouraged, it's both of those things. I, 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 either of those is is going to be really hard to overcome, but both of them is basically insurmountable. So if you're brand new, I mean, give yourself grace and perspective and and know that 
it doesn't matter who you are, all the biggest entrepreneurs, all the biggest personal brands. It's like, it takes a little bit of time to get out of the, to get out of the gates. And then once you get established, you can scale it quickly, but it usually takes at least a couple years to even figure out who you are and who you serve and what do you do and what's different about you. And you know, why, what you're, why, what you're doing is needed. And, and even though you have the idea as the entrepreneur, it takes time to flesh that out. So make sure that you are, are thinking about those two things and you're giving yourself time. And then the other thing is you got to get in front of more people, right? You got to get out there in front of new people. You have to find a way to be in front of new audiences. If you're not doing that, then of course you're not growing. It's like, if I sat in my basement all day and gave my sales pitch to the wall, I would not sign up many new customers because nobody is hearing me. I know that's like an extreme illustration, but that is how it is. And sometimes we're on social media and it's like, it's basically like we're in our living room talking over and over again to the same people who are there. You got to leave your house and go to the neighbor's house and you got to go down the street and then you got to go to like the town hall and you got to like get in front of people and and you got to build build relationships and and do more things all of you know by the way you can build re- relationships inside a success achievers community that's a great place to go a lot of the people in there are movers and shakers you can introduce each other to audiences you can do go live together you can help each other it's it's not this isn't a zero sum game it's a rising tide raises all ships it helps you to help other people it helps you to put other people in front of your audience and it, it, and it will definitely help you, them to put you in front of theirs. And, and you know, you both, you both win. So you got to get in front of more people and you probably have to give yourself just a little bit of grace for more time. Because the one thing that, you know, is if you quit, that is going to guarantee your failure. But if you stick around long enough, honestly, a lot of people succeed just from stumbling through it. And they're, they're not super elegant. They're pretty clunky, but they just stuck around and they kept going and they kept going and they kept going. So you need to do the same, which is one reason why you should keep coming back here every single week and listen to real life stories from real life people getting real life advice here on the success line. We'll catch you next time. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate review and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.